How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm chilling. How about Alabama. you? Man? Um, it's not the same, man, because I'm living like in a real country part of Alabama. Hmm. Um, so it's not the city I'm used to, but it's 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 been it's been cool though. Yeah. Are you still doing? Um, I forget what you were doing last time we talked, but I remember it being really cool. I was proud of you for doing it. But are you still doing the same thing, or what? What you up to these days? I think last time we talked, um, I may have been doing my internship to where like I was going into school, yeah, um, and doing like social justice work and different things like that, um, like giving students creating this or helping students be, become more aware, of, like the things they may go like deal with throughout their day, but don't really know how to name mm. stuff like sexism, ableism, ageism, and different things like that. Mm. Um, just different forms of discrimination. But right now, um, I'm teaching, man. I teach secondary uh, history, um, so like geography and civics oh, uh, nice. for the seventh grade. So uh, it's been it's been a challenge. Um, yeah, I can't even say it's been cool at this point, but it's been what it is. Though. It, What's been challenging about it? Uh, just teaching in general. Like you know, I don't really have a background of teaching, and so. Um, it was like something new that I went out, but I just know I wanted to help people at the time. And so, um, especially like the youth, mm-hmm. um, but it's not as easy as saying it. I mean, it's not easy doing it as it is saying it. Cause, um, I mean, it's just a challenge, you know, Alabama is like 50 in education. Uh, it'd be flip flop with Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and where I'm at currently, like I said, I'm in a real country, like rural area. And so, um, it's like 1% of my students is um, efficient in math, uh, meaning that they're at their grade level when it comes to like um, just uh, mastery and stuff like that. Hmm. Only, one, only 1% of the school is, um, only 1% of the school district is proficient in math. Um, and it's Damn. about- You say 1%? 1% proficient oh, in math. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then it was only about three or five percent that was proficient in reading. Hmm. And so it was, I don't know, it's a struggle, man. Yeah. What an um what do you think inspired like what was your inspiration for working with kids and in, in the youth uh and teaching? Uh I mean, just growing up, how I was like mislabeled, um, mistreated, misunderstood, whatever you want to put it. Um, just knowing that like um all it took was just inspiration from somebody rather than people just throwing me down for like the decision that I made. Mm. Um, it just took that to like change my course of uh, basically like the decision I was making in life, uh, which got me through college and different things like that. And so I just know like just being able to be that one person that can like help at that at a specific age, um, especially in an age where like they're real vulnerable, like middle school, because they're going through like this change and different things like that. And so um, I don't know, just to just to have somebody come sooner than later um, is kind of like the idea because when I was first leaving college, 
Um, ideally, I wanted to work with um, like adults um, mm. in prisons um, because I'm a psychology major. Um, I just want to be like a mental health specialist within a prison. Yeah. Um, Shout out psych. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a psych major too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so um, I don't know, like when I was going through my internship and stuff like that, trying to figure out a way to, um, I guess, start up a career within like a prison. Um, I, it, I had a conversation with a man who is the director of TFA, uh, Teach for America here in Alabama. And he, he said, I could, he said a quote or a comp, well, he said it, but um, I quoted it because I put it in my phone. Um, and it was like um, to intertwine at an age that's that sensitive. Um, it's just like, I, f- I forgot how he finished it all. Probably like a work of God or something like that or mm. service service for the people and stuff like that. And so, I don't know, I just got the idea, you know, it is better to meet somebody um, before they get to that point, you know? Yeah, facts. I love how uh, we just jumped straight into Good content, but I I want to give a little background on how we know each other because we were teammates, obviously. Um, you transferred, where'd you transfer from to Tennessee? Uh, I was in Division Two at University of Alabama in Huntsville. Okay, how was that? How, or how, how was that compared to coming to Tennessee? Like, what made you want to come to Tennessee? And then, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just wanted, you know, every, like every athlete, I just wanted to be D1, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew, like, my level of skill was way higher than where I was at um, mm-hmm. because, I mean, it didn't challenge me at all. Um, I feel like not, not to boast anything like that, but um, it just wasn't, like, the challenge that I wanted, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And the only reason why I went D2 mainly was because of my grades. Um, coming out of high school, because um, I didn't start sports until, like, 11th grade. So coming out of high school, um, I didn't take it that seriously um, until I started running track and got these college offers, but a lot of them I just couldn't go to um, because I didn't have the grades. And so I ended up getting, I ended up being eligible for only like D2 and under with um, NCAA Clearinghouse. And so I ended up signing there, but yeah, I mean, I ended up transferring mainly because I didn't like it there. It was a bunch of other reasons why I didn't like it there, but sports-wise mainly because like, um, I just wanted a bigger challenge when it came mm-hmm. to my sport. Definitely. Um yeah one thing I love like we got close because I feel like we got close because something I appreciate a lot about you is you're very authentic and and very goofy but at the same time you can have those serious conversations and be really vulnerable with people and it seems like being vulnerable is like pretty easy for you Um, and it's not something that a lot of people I feel like is easy for especially men Um, so I guess I wanted to ask you kind of how you got there or if you've always been like that or you struggled with that and it became like you worked on it or if it's just like you've always been like that and you've always been been ready to have those conversations and whatnot. Um, no, nah, I wasn't always vulnerable um, to just like have those open conversations. A lot of stuff that I believe for a long time, um, I usually keep it to myself or in those like small conversations like that um, with like really close friends. but. It was like, I don't know, like you said, it's like a masculine thing to not be very vulnerable. Um, and that's the things that I got like picked on a lot, like my masculinity in general. Hmm. Um, Cause I'm not like the most masculine guy um, with like some of the mannerisms and stuff that I have. And so, um, <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> 
And so, like, I used to always get picked on a lot for just the, I don't even know how, like, my physical appearance and physical movement um, associated with, like, my, like, um, sexual orientation or identity, well, sexual identity, but a lot of people just used to call me gay because, of, like, the way um, I act or I spoke or how, whatever the case may be, even the songs I listen to, because I always listen to, like, what would be called as female music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nate, what are your um, top three artists? that in that category like female of, of like female female genre yeah. um right now probably scissor mm-hmm. janae aiko and then give oh hell yeah nice um you fuck with her i do though i do she's she's cool she's dope I, I i got on her late though um like i think it was a song called Changes, and it was on the same album as that song Focus that used to play on the radio mm. a lot. Yeah, the album's fire. That was dope. But I got on that album like four years after it dropped because I even I never noticed just how good she was. All I, all I heard from her at the time was like her song Focus because it used to play on the radio all the time. And so, mm. yeah, I got on her late, but yeah, she, her is dope. She don't mm. drop a lot of music, but when she do it's special. Yeah, facts. Um facts yeah so i guess i i kind of want to talk a little bit we kind of got right into it with toxic masculinity and and that and societal standards of of men and how we're supposed to be in society um but i guess i wanted to hear your thoughts and kind of your journey through that because like i said that's something i appreciate about you um it's like what do you think the biggest struggles for men in society and men from your community as well um and like, where do those, where do those standards come from? Do you think, and and how can we move out of those? Um, on like, obviously, people like us and being authentically ourselves will will help with that. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, as far as like what toxic masculinity starts, like I mean, it honestly starts as soon as people are able to have conversations, like at their age to have conversations. Because I mean, that's when because the, the gender roles come in before that, right? So the gender roles that boys have colors blue, a female colors like pink. Those are like light shades. Um, to the clothes that we wear, um, to the color clothes that people that our parents let us wear and stuff like that. And so like um, the idea of like what's masculine and masculinity is already forming in us, like from that young age. You feel me? And so like once we get to the point of having conversation it turns into more um, barrier setting now. Like it, the gender roles are put in, but not as barrier setting. Like I, you can't do this, I can't do this, right? Because I'm telling you, um, like when I'm listening to my students, they be talking about um, how you can't eat a hot dog. Like mm-hmm. I tell them my favorite food is hot dog and I, I'm i I'm gay for it because of course <laughs> like that, the idea of eating a hot dog, right? And so, and so like now we sitting in barriers of what people do and cannot do. Like that's why you see a lot of men um jokingly but like it'd be kind of serious though like they'll chop up a banana before they eat it or um yeah. <laughs> you know just just those different things like that like we set we set barriers and boundaries on people on what they can do and cannot do and of course if you go against that you know um unfortunately this day and age at a, at a, at a young age um like you get you get ostracized for it because you're seen as gay for some reason even though you're not gay you never told nobody you're gay um you, even if you are gay even if you didn't come out with it you kind of hide that because you get ostracized by everybody that's in your surrounding and so 
I don't know, toxic masculinity is a thing that just grows as 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 we move forward. And like the older you get, um, the the boundaries or the barriers are loosened up, but like they're still there because you got some men who um I don't know who just won't do certain things because they I mean because they challenge their masculinity. Um and so I can't I can't even think of that out the top of my head, but I don't know. I got oh. I got a friend actually, um, who you know, he won't say things like "I love you" or "My you look good" to like one of his guy friends or mm-hmm. like that because you know it's not masculine enough. You know, like mm-hmm. I guess like the idea of, of course, like we talking about sharing your emotions is just it's saying how you feel, how you see somebody, perceive somebody is like not masculine, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, Things that we can do to change it. That, I mean, that's tough. Um, that's, one sec. That's a good. I like that you brought that up because that's something I've been doing more recently with my guy friends is saying love you, bro, or not even love you, bro, mm-hmm. but like I love you type shit because um, I feel like we don't do that. And it's just it's I've been. I've appreciated the response from it because then my guy friends start saying it to me, too, uh, more often. And it's just like it's just refreshing almost of like yeah i can tell a guy i love you bro it's like i love you too and it's not fucking gay or it's not weird like i ain't trying to fucking suck your dick like i'm just trying to say i love you because i love you you know what i mean but but yeah um it's just funny to me that like a lot of people can't a lot of guys too can't just be like oh love you bro you know what i mean like why like you love them you feel that way about them but then you can't express that to them it's like what's the issue like why can't we express what we feel it's like we all feel it but then it's like a gray area of expressing it um but yeah i keep going sorry no nah, no nah, i like that point too because I, I was just thinking about um how everybody always wants you to explain how you feel um and like or like put they want you to put like a name on how you feel, you know, like whether it's happiness, sadness and stuff like that. But like, sometimes like if I'm just, I don't know, like, like you said, like if you love somebody, like it's not necessarily something that you can explain, but it's just how you feel at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's an annoying ass question I always get asked as soon as I walk into work. Um, and it's just by, I, it's just annoying because it's repetitive. Uh, and my assistant principal, every time I walk in, she was like, um, how you doing today, right? And people always lie. Well, not always lie, but people always just say something crazy. Okay, I don't know why I'm dragging it. People just say, um, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> or they say, like, I'm good and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of times, like, it's just the, it's just a quick answer, but it's so, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going. That's my fault. Hold on. No, back, no, it's good. It's there. funny you say that because, like, I don't think for the most, I mean, unless you're close and someone's like, Hey, how are you doing? And like, act like genuinely is asking like, how are you? And cause they know you've been struggling, you know? Um, I feel like most people just say, Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. But it's like, you want the honest answer? Like I want to die. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, and that's a lot of people. And we just go around and be like, Oh, how are you? It's like, Oh, I'm good. But like in reality, we're not. But then at the same time, it's like when people ask, like you go to church and it's like, Oh, how you doing? Like, they don't want to hear you be like, they're right. not genuinely asking, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, right. oh, how's your day going? Good. But it's like, if we actually, that's why I like, I try to start being more honest with that stuff because I think it's important. And even if it makes people uncomfortable, I think that is, that will 
be a force to change society in a way when more people start to do that. And it's like, yeah, if you, if you walk, if you're having a shitty day and, and someone says like, how's your day going? And you're just honest with them. And then they're like taken aback. They might be a little uncomfortable, but then that might plant a seed in them to then be more willing to be open and honest with someone else later. Um, so yeah, that's funny. Me and my sister talk, talk about that a lot of like, Oh, my aunt or whatever asked how I'm doing. It's like, Oh, you really want to know? Like, I'll tell you, but like, <laughs> you don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. I'm also note right now that I'm high as hell. Um, <laughs> <so I> feel, <laughs> hell yeah! And so, and so I'm trying to track my thoughts as much as I as much as I can. But, literally, um, literally, just go on rants. <laughs> just go yeah. on. So I want to say I think because I kind of like stretch like how I connected the two of like um, her asking how I feel every day to um, people trying to explain their emotions. Because um, since I'm high, I guess I'm just trying to pull to a conversation that, like, uh, that's been on my mind, like, mm. constantly, right? Because she asks me that every day. And every day I do lie to her. Um, I just say I'm fine or whatever, just keep the conversation going because I don't like talking to her. But in my head, it's like, like you said, like, bro, I just want to die. Like, because shit is just miserable. You feel me? Like, yeah. just from, like, what you see on the news, what you deal with on your day-to-day lives, what you continue how to do. And I think it's just, for me right now, it's just the routine of everything. Mm. I'm just constantly doing the same thing over and over again. And I don't know, like, of course, that's like the idea of insanity and stuff like that. But it's I, don't, I just feel trapped in a sense. Like, <laughs> I move from um, going to sleep, waking up, getting ready for work, go to work um come back home go to sleep prepare for work like i do the same thing every every single day and i'm just stuck and to yeah. feel stuck it's like you know claustrophobic people just feel it just drives them insane if you're stuck like oh man no i feel that it, i feel that i feel i've been i feel like collectively there's a lot going on um and i think it's a common thread for a lot of people that we're all kind of struggling right now, myself included. Um, and I felt very similar to you in terms of not being able to ch- like doing the same, like coming out of, coming out of college, like we got track. We, we're like for, in school, we're forced to like be productive and do things. And that there's some level of happiness that brings of being productive like that and and there's a still a level of stress that that brings but then once that all ends and then it's like oh now I have to like create my own life and like create a life for myself outside of being forced to if that makes sense um it's definitely been tough for me just starting to work and like I literally would for a long time I was just waking up going to work digging holes and shit and then coming home and just doing nothing and just being hella depressed not doing anything for myself. Um, And it's like, I'm doing the same thing and expecting, I'm expecting to be happy or happiness just to like come out of, out of the blue. And it's like, well, I have to start making changes on my own before I like can expect something to change. Um, A buddy from rehab told me, cause I was, I was texting him a few, a couple of weeks back and he's like, I was just like, I'm struggling. And he just said like, well, if nothing changes, then nothing will change. And I was like, Oh Yeah like that like it, it's very obvious but at the same right. time it was nice to hear because it was just reaffirming of like yeah i need to take take control of my life and like take take my power back in a sense and and start doing shit and 
the last like I don't know why the last like week or two has been like pretty good um well I also get like my sister says seasonal affect disorder I just get hella depressed in the fall and like this time um but I'm like I don't know I could talk to you in a month make like, bro I'm hella depressed again but, <laughs> but yeah How, have you um that's another thing I kind of want to talk about was mental health what is have you been in places like this and gotten out of it? Cause for me, something that was really annoying lately is like, I've, I've been here before and I've gotten out of it and I've, I've experienced cycles where I'm like doing great. And I'm like eating right. I'm sleeping right. I'm journaling, like meditating. I'm doing all these, th- I'm like really tapped into my spirituality and stuff. And it's like, it's annoying to be able to be in that space and be in that state before and then not be there anymore and be like, I know I can get there, but I, I'm not doing it. Um, so have you been, can you relate back to a time or times when you've been like rocking and solid and and feeling really good? And, and what were you doing then? Um, last time I was just like, um, I don't know, I felt like I wasn't in like this long ass sadness state or whatever. Like I don't want to label it as depression. Um, because that'll just be me labeling myself. And so I'm just saying this long ass state of sadness yeah. was um like right when I exited out of college. Um because I mean college was really cool too. Like I really appreciate the times I had college, like the people I met, um, the moments that I shared with them and things like that. And so but once I got out of college and um, I had to move on from that, um, it was still cool. Um, at the time, I was still in a relationship. Uh, I think being in a relationship is a uh, amazing way. For, no, 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 not an amazing way. Um, I think a relationship was a way that I was using to like hold on to like all those moments that I felt like was really good because um, mm-hmm. I brought my relationship from college. And um, when I moved, as soon as I moved on from that relationship, like I was just in like this deep ass state of just like pure sadness, man. And so like right now it's going on two years um, since I just felt like I was just genuinely just like happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's draining, like I'm exhausted. Um, I wake up every day, I don't feel like doing a damn thing, um, but I force myself to. Um, and, uh, like, I just have to repeat that same thing because it's the same schedule Monday through Friday. Hmm. Um, I just have to continuously doing it, even though I'm just not, not in the right mindset man, to do it. Hmm. No, I'm about to cry now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, it's all good. It was not. See, I keep doing it. People just... Hmm. <laughs> I guess because it makes other people life easy when you say it's all good. Yeah. Well, fuck that shit though. I like that. <laughs> right. And and there's no there's no progress in just lying to yourself or lying to other people. You know what I mean? Like it takes what what do they say? Like the first steps of meeting it type shit. Like in in right. rehab type stuff. They're like first first solution. Well, I I forget the saying, but like I think it's important to talk about first because that gets the ball ball rolling to have something change, even if it doesn't change right away. Um, right. It can start to, but have you, uh, I can cut it out if you mind me talking about it, but we talked about therapy um, a few months, not a few, a decent bit ago. Have you ever like seen a therapist or? Yeah, I went, um, I went for like a brief moment, but 
um, it was virtual. Mm. And um, I guess I already have like certain feelings towards being virtual um, because mm. um, I just really don't enjoy I'm more of an in-person. Like I, I just need to be in person, like to communicate with people. And so um, after a while, I went to like three sessions and after a while, it just felt like tasking. Like there's something else that's on my schedule that I don't want to really do. Um, and so I just stopped going. Mm. Um, yeah, I haven't been to, I haven't been in a while. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's funny because one of my questions I wanted to ask was what stands between you and complete happiness? So we're kind of on that, on that topic right now. Um, what sh- do you think, like, are you happy at work? Like at work, are you enjoying, like, it's obviously a challenge, like you were saying earlier, um, but do you feel good about the work you're doing? And does that, does that give you, feed you to some extent? Um, or do you, are you just unhappy with where you're at and do you want to do something else? And if so, what, what would that look like? Like what, what, what life would you envision that would bring you that happiness and, and get you out of that state? Um, you know, it's crazy. Like, uh, cause I write in my notes a lot. Like I got like a thousand twenty three notes. I just wrote in my notes about this, right. Um, about the, it's kind of, I mean, it kind of feeds off into that idea what I'm having at my job. Right. Um, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a, a community that's, um, historically been, um, absent of support. Like they don't have no resources and, um, education always been low and different things like that. And so, um, like what I'm doing, you will feel like it's like, um, like a really good deed, right. Because I'm giving mm-hmm. back to the community. Uh, or trying to bridge the gap of the education gap that we have in the world. Um, and I'm trying my best to like support um, a group of people that also like, I mean, people that also look like me, like black African-American people. Like I'm trying my best to support and um, help, but um, I, haven't, I haven't been happy at all since I became a teacher really. And so um, it got me thinking like um, just, the reason why I'm doing it is right because they always say you go back to your why and it's like um because I want to help but like when I think about like the idea of what's good and bad and things like that like the perception of good was something that was kind of like created right um mm-hmm. the idea like if you help somebody that's considered a good deed if you steal somebody that's considered a bad deed and so for people to want I don't know for people want to do good it seems like something that was like quote unquote man-made because I don't know, instinctively, like, animals do good, right? Like, animals do good, do good things instinctively. Um, but it's not something that they, like, dedicate their lives to doing. Like, mm-hmm. they don't really push for it. It's, like some, it's not something that naturally they'll develop. And, I mean, it's not something that naturally, like, dedicate their lives to doing good. Like, for somebody that's outside of their, like, family, right? Because, I mean, of course, animals protect their own and things like that. And so I feel like naturally people who dedicate their lives to like doing good deeds, um, like good service, humanitarian work, like naturally they'll get drained and burn out because it's not something that's like, it's not something that's natural to us. Like I feel like people more like, I guess, selfish creatures when you boil down to the end of it. And so, I don't know, just the idea of just doing good, just been feeling just so draining. Mm. Um, it feels like. Mm. It's also hard to, try and feed others and, and support others when you're struggling yourself. Right. But. Hmm. So you don't believe, so you don't think 
altruism is like a thing or like do you do you think we like force doing good like we like why do you don't think that's like an innate thing in humanness like where does that come from our so you, you think our desire to do good comes from society and like what we think we should do right okay I, basically like it, it's something that's like society driven just like <laughs> um i mean everything like discrimination um attractiveness like a lot of these things are um society driven i think the same goes as just doing good i'm not saying that it's not me trying to flip it and saying doing a bad thing is good but I feel like just the fact that it's not something that just came natural to us, like it'll be draining and burned out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it's a lot of times where like, um, well, I understand that a lot of times because after this year, I mean, I'm moving on from being a teacher. Um, because I mean, I have, I don't know, I feel like I, well, not I feel like, but I just decided to be like more selfish with my decisions. And so mm-hmm. um, move forward, I won't be a teacher. Um, I'm not sure when I'll go back into like community service work um i'm pretty sure i'll do like small things here and there um because i mean i do still have like that itch to want to like help people um but so you think okay so you have that itch to want to help people but you think that doesn't come from something innate in kwan you still think you were raised to want to do that uh i i think i just don't want people to go through like the same thing i went through Mm. um and so i'd rather help uh, no, what is, I don't know. <laughs> no, but th- that doesn't make it. I don't feel like that makes it natural, though. All right, because that just came mm. from experience. So that one just say would be natural. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I'm trying to think because I like I don't know because I feel like there's an aspect. I I don't know. It's almost like I feel like the human aspect of us is selfish and. Like if I were to just like give in to what my ego wants or like what the human side of me wants, um, I'd be a shitty person. And I have been like, especially through like my addiction and stuff, like I was pretty shitty and um, mm-hmm. that was feeding my ego and, and feeding my human desires and, and stimulation and stuff like that. But then I do think you know, spirituality is another thing I want to talk about. I do think there's a an aspect of Nate that is beyond just Nate and his ego and his physicalness. And maybe you call it your soul. Um, But I feel like that is what feeds. That is what I guess integrates my human experience. So like there's a soul that as we go through our human experience, it's almost like tracking things and, and, and molding our experience. And so I feel like the soul aspect of Nate wants to do good and, and, and from my experience, I, I kind of just, I don't know. It, it's hard to, it's, it's just like a hard balance between wanting to, man, I lost my thought. I thought I lost my thought, but basically like, I do think you're, you're saying your experience has led you to want to do good. Um, right. And what I'm trying to say is I would say that your soul, cause I do believe in souls. I would say your experience is imprinted on your soul a calling to do good and, and not have other people go through what you went through because your human self suffered through that. And so now your soul is calling you to then alleviate that human suffering for other people. Um, so, yeah, I guess when you say where, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I guess. What are my thoughts on whether with the soul, like the hue, sorry, 
um, <laughs> your your soul being an innately good thing that is um i guess what are your thoughts on souls we could start there or like your thoughts on that stuff because um my thoughts on soul um i guess when it comes to like spirituality and so that i'm more on the spiritual side than religion um mainly because i'm not religious at all and so when it always came to a soul i always just just imagine it as something that gave us our consciousness like um just our ability to process things to think um honestly to be alive and be able to move a physical vessel and so um it's I don't know. Souls is a is a complicated thing to talk about. So it, it's not something that I necessarily just think about on a day to day basis. Um, mm-hmm. I do consider the idea of me having a conscious um, normally. So I guess I do, by my definition, consider it a soul. But I never just thought about it whether or not um, it gets like I guess signals to say um, to like want to do good or signals in general to um, like move anything like as if it's like something that's like a whole nother separate entity from my physical body. I never really um, thought about it that way, I guess. Hmm. I have, I need to think on this question so I don't ramble again, but I'm with your perspective of we're self, we're innately selfish, but then me asking you where your desire to do good comes from is your experience so your experience has led you to not want to be selfish. Um, if we as humans are innately selfish, wouldn't there have to be some medium or um, not vessel, but almost some means for that experience to take us out of our human self? Does that make sense? Um, so like if, if, we were, if we were just humans and we were just selfish, then art and there was nothing else happening like a soul or something beyond us um then our experience wouldn't change us to a point to get out of that humanness right um so like where does that i guess maybe you haven't thought on it that much um well no let me let me let me go back yeah. because i didn't mean to say that we was innately selfish but i just feel like we're more selfish creatures than we are of like just anything else like those who desire to do good and things like that like innately um I guess ideally I would say just we're just nothing and like experience just carries just all of that, whether we turn into those selfish or selfless beings or good or bad beings, whatever like that. Um and so I mean, yeah, because to say innately means that like once we start off, that's what we are. And so I don't think we start off as like pure selfish beings. Like um, because I mean that'll be contradicting the idea that, you know, um that we don't start off good. Because I mean to say we start off selfish and don't start good, it has to be a means to why we start off selfish or whatever the case may be. I not necessarily why I don't know, but I basically it just be contradicting me to say that we start off selfish and, and not start good. Just like the idea of um, people aren't innately evil um, or whatever the case may be. Mm. And I so um, I rock with that. <laughs> yeah, so I did want to go back to that. Um, and so I don't know how I will answer your question, mm-hmm. um, basically. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's interesting. I, yeah. I don't know really. For, yeah. I don't know. Also, you t- saying um, 
we've kind of created like the idea of good or bad like that could be used in this discussion too of like well what is good and what is evil like our actions just actions themselves or like how to who determines what's like a me doing good like why is me going and helping ex-felons or like why is me going and doing community service why is that good um or why is me stealing from walmart why is that bad right um yeah why do you what do you think like what like is there really is there really good and evil or like good and bad or is it just something we create and if it's something we create how like what determines that you know like i mean yeah because i like like I said, if we go back to animals, right? Like, if a lion was to kill a gazelle, I don't think the other gazelles would think that the lion is bad. Because, I mean, it's just like the natural order of things. Like, um, he's, he's a predator, um, apex in the food chain, and so everything that's underneath, um, it's kind of like, you know, his bidding or whatever. And so I feel like in the animal world, it's not necessarily um, good and evil or good or bad. It's just, you know, like the natural course of things. And so when we came to the human world, I mean, not human world, um, but with humans, um, like ideally, like we consider things like killing and stuff like that bad because it makes people sad, like um, people cry and stuff like that. Like we have more of a conscious um, to like, you know, have the identity or separation with our emotions. And so like you, people feel sad about somebody dying and so, um, it's a bad thing. Um, people feel good when they help somebody, so it's a good thing. And so, I guess, man, they don't high as hell. But so, I guess, um, I guess, uh, emotions kind of play a part in what we start to consider was good and bad. Mm. One thing I thought: what are your, um, you know, the like cliche saying of like we're creator like where you create our experience or like we're our creators like we create our reality type of thing mm-hmm. so like i feel like that's almost like that concept and what we're talking about is kind of a testament to us being creators and being able to create what we want for ourselves because like like you said in the in the animal kingdom like there's no such thing as good or evil right like when a lion kills a gazelle the gazelle's not like oh that was bad right so the fact that humans can, the fact that humans have created that concept and then that concept of good and evil is like heavily intertwined into our society in a way that it like directs our experience and directs our actions and directs what we do. Like that didn't come from anything but ourselves, right? So like we, we did create that and then it's like our experience is altered because of that creation. Does that make sense? Okay, I was following you at first, but then I kind of got off. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. No, no, I was going to say, so, um, okay, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Basically, okay, no, just just explain it again real quick. Okay, yeah. So if we, because I view we are creators of, like, we can create almost anything. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, I can't, like, create wings and grow wings out of my body like there are limitations but at the same time like for example I create my reality to the extent that like if I perceive you as someone that you're not like you know who you are 
And if someone else's perception is different, like if my perception of you is different, I've created that. That's still my reality. Like, oh, mm-hmm. Quan is this, but it's like that, that might not be his reality. Right. So like we create it, we create our reality to the extent that that there, there might be a fundamental truth that exists, or maybe there's not. But um, if I, if I just decide that like killing is good, then I might be like a serial killer. And I've created like the concept of, of killing being good. Like to me, my, in my reality, killing is good. And even if in other people's reality, it's not good. Like I would say killing is not good personally. And I'm sure you would say the same thing, but in someone else's reality, like killing might be good. Um, so like, to that extent, we are creating our experience. Does like, like I like it, it's hard because so much of life, it feels like life is just happening to us and we're going about it. And like, we don't have as much control in it um, as we probably actually do. But there are, like, I could keep like bring up other examples, but it's like, we are creators in the sense that like, I can, I can, and it's harder said than done. Like, I can't just like, snap my fingers and create happiness. Right. But I can start to make choices and start doing things that over time will create happiness. Right. And in that sense, I created my own happiness, um, or creating wealth. Like I create wealth by, I'm not just going to wake up and be a millionaire and I can't just snap my fingers and create a million dollars for myself, but I can start doing things that'll start generating wealth for myself. Right. Um, I can, if I can say, say, well, I don't, that was going to be a bad example, but does that is, does that kind of make more sense of like how, no, no, no. Yeah, I get you. yeah. So we create our, like we create our reality and our experiences based off of, um, just our perception. Um, mm. because I mean, yeah, our perception is limited. So how we see things, um, determine, I don't know, like, yeah, like you oh yeah, basically I, I got you now. Um and so we, we create our reality based on our experience and our perception. Hmm. It's okay, so what did you want me to answer now? Whether I think that I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was it was about a in my I think yeah, it was about I don't know. I think I kind of just wanted to talk about creating stuff because like oh. especially for I feel like it's fun, it's funny, dude, because like I have these opinions, but then like, I also don't take action on my opinions. So like, I do believe that I can create whatever experience I want, but then I still just am a sack of shit, depressed person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, So it's hard. It's yeah. It's just hard, bro. Like it's hard to, it's hard. It's hard to like understand things and, and like know things that will make your life better and still not be able to like actually enact that change. Um, and I think that's kind of the hardest thing about creating happiness or like creating what we want is, is connecting our thoughts and like what we want with like actual real direct action and like actual, like enacting that. Um, yeah, that shit's hard, but like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot though. And like, I have no control (laughs) in any of this, but (laughs) 
Nah, because I mean, it's everybody. I guess um, other things is just man, harder to manifest than others. Um, hmm. uh, when it came when it came to happiness, though, because uh, you kept mentioning just like trying to create happiness from that like that concept of we can create reality and stuff like that. So, um, I've, I also just written in my notes um, a while ago. Well, this is actually in September. I said. Um, Happiness is just memories. That's why people cling to the things that capture memories because it's where the happiness resides. Things like photos, videos, laughter, humility, all create memories for people to return to that feeling of happiness. Mm. Um, I said, it's not a real emotion, but more so just moments, like moments of time. And so um, this may have just come because I've just been depressed for so long that I created this concept that um, happiness is more so it's not really like an emotion but more so just like well i mean it's emotional it's something you feel but it's more so just like moments rather than uh, those emotions like anger frustration uh, fear and different things like that um even though people can pull examples of all those um just also just being moments it's just like i said i probably just crave because of just how i've been feeling um which is go back to i guess us creating our reality mm. um but I don't know. It, it made me want to clean some more things like photos and stuff like that when I when I got this idea. So like I would take I take more I I take more photos of like my family members, record more videos. Because I mean up until this point, I honestly didn't even have no um like a photo or a video with me and my grandparents. Um hmm. and so now I got those and things like that. So hmm. I kind of just drifted off to somewhere else. I think I'm just we got okay. So Nate, we gotta do this again. And this time, no, dude, sober. you're fine. Though. You're fine. <laughs> I like it. Um, I like. I actually like that thought. I haven't thought about that of it being like an emotion versus a moment. Because like, yeah, like if you ask someone, "Are you happy?" It's like, well, right now or in general, and then it's like, well, right now. I don't know. Like, even when I'm happy, it's not like, right. It's just like a brief moment of like laughing, laughing or laughter. And then it's like, okay, but then I might stub my toe and then be hella pissed off. Right. So it's like, it's, it's moments. And then it's like, okay, at what point, how many moments of happiness in a day or in a week do I have to have to be able to say I'm a happy person? Right. Like, I would say you're a happy person. I would say I'm a happy person, but we're both depressed. So it's like, if you see me in public and see me interacting, it's like, yeah, I'm laughing and joking and like having a good time. And it's like, oh, that guy's happy. But it's like behind closed doors, he's suffering. So it's like, is happiness even a real thing? Because it's like, I kind of rock with that. I kind of rock with that. even those who are not like depressed though, like if you was just going, like they, they can be going fine. If you was just going and ask them, are they happy? They're just like, I mean, it, it's just like, you don't know. Like, cause it's not like if everything is going okay, you just having like a straight day, like nothing extraordinary happened. Like nobody just bought you a gift or something like that. Like, it's just like, nobody made you frustrated today. You didn't stub your toe. Um, you went to work, um, things were smooth and stuff like that. If somebody was asking you like, how are you feeling? Like, it's just like oh i'm okay like it's never like yeah i feel happy like but people can name times where they feel like frustrated and stuff like that like they name those they can name that during that point in time if i asked them like if i was to make you like if i was um i don't like if they date was to go shitty they're just like i'm just tired or i'm frustrated and things like that like they can name that point of the day but like when it's just neutral it's just like i don't know how i feel so it's like 
those moments though were like somebody bring you a gift, somebody give you a kiss on the cheek or like whatever the case may be, like those moments are that like it made you happy. And so those are moments that usually get clipped in photos. Um, and those are moments that people go back to when they need to experience it again. Like if I got a photo of my grandma and my grandma was to pass on years from now, um, I would go back to that photo to feel that. Um, but, but I mean, I don't know. So it's just the idea that those like those moments of happiness is um, is much more imaginable than it just being a physical emotion. Because I like you said, like I don't just go on the spur of just being happy. Like it's just be those like how many points of happiness do I have to have in a week to consider myself to be a happy person? So. Mm. Where do you think? All right, you said something about a emo- or I forget exactly what you said, but um, I guess for me, like I don't what what like where do our emotions come from? Like it's obviously our experience, mm-hmm. but then it's like something might make you happy or sad or mad, and not make someone else happy, sad or mad. So like, where do you think our do you think our emotions come from? Like our brain just like circuitry or like what like how 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 is our emotional experience created um yeah um i don't know you probably got a bad answer to me honestly (laughs) (laughs) um uh i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't even know how to answer that to be honest i mean Yeah, because I probably just say like experience or perception, like um, because I mean, yeah, we're gonna perceive different things based off of like uh, just how we um experience different things, and so um, like I I want just like the bad example of saying oh your mom joke um to some people your mom just may be funny, but like if that person who mom like passed away, um mm-hmm. it won't be so funny to them, and so you don't know like it may just be experiences. Mm. yeah I kind of because people like I'm not I mean we were both psych majors and I'm I'm not a huge fan of the viewpoint that our experience is just created out of our brain circuitry and like wait what did you say no I thought you was um to say you're not a fan of like this specific type of science I was I was gonna say neuroscience like the neural part of psychology no, I think I think it's dope and like useful and has utility. I just think that people over a lot like that becomes their like what's the thing the bed they die on or some saying like that. The I forget what it is, but it's like that's that's it. Like there's nothing beyond science and chemistry and our brain. Right. Our brain circuitry is what's creating everything. But then it's like, well, we all have pretty much the same brain. So why, like you said, why does a your mom joke only like make some people laugh and then piss some people off or like even like for some people um natural disasters are like really emotional for them whereas like for me like when i see even like this is gonna sound fucked up but like when i see bad shit happening now there's some stuff like in america that happens that like really get like gets to me and like pisses me off but like in terms of like oh there was a tsunami in this place it's like it's just another thing that happened you know what i mean right, uh, yeah but then whereas yeah, I, uh, I know people that's like they get really like they feel it like really deeply and, and it and it really affects them so like to me the the argument that like we're just there's no way there's this much complexity 
of experience and like complexity of human interaction and, and expression just by the same like brain. Um, speaking of brain, is that a brain on your whiteboard, Deidre? <laughs> no, uh, it's just a state. I ain't draw that though. That's my roommate. But yeah, like if we we all have the same organ system, like with to an extent, like obviously some people might be missing a spleen or something like that, but or someone like got their lung punctured. But in terms of like our blueprint of our human body and biology, like it's this it's it's essentially the same. And, and there's differences in like how we look. I mean, fuck, look at like obviously we both look very different, but like we both have skin. We both have teeth. We both have a tongue. We both have a nose. We both have ears. Right. Right? Our brain has the what amygdala has the prefrontal cortex like it has all that stuff and it's like so if we have the same components um then we should pretty much just be like biological robots to an extent i feel like and if 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 it really was just science and chemistry where like where do we get that conscious experience from because People say like, oh, the, uh, they st- they don't know where consciousness comes from. Like they're trying to find it in the brain of like how we created this. But it's like that's evidence to me that there is something beyond just our physical experience and our physical right. selves that are that's heavily intertwined with us and, and integrated with us. And we can't directly um, identify it, but we can experience it and start to connect with it in a way that starts to expand our experience, I guess. Um but yeah, I did like in psych, there's a lot of stuff in psych at Tennessee that like that I had one psych class that was like very profound and like honestly changed my life. But I I just got really annoyed with a lot of psych people that are like, well, it's that way because your brain does this. And it's like, dude, it, it's it goes as far deeper than that, I feel like. Um, but yeah, and even people like a lot of people don't know like your your heart because ha- I personally think our emotions a lot of our, like our emotional experience comes from our heart. Um, and I feel like our heart is connected to, you might call it source or like our soul or a spirit. And that's kind of how we communicate and feel things. So it's like, cause your heart has like four, I think it's 40,000 neurons there. Um, and a lot of people don't know that, like your heart has specialized nerve cells in it and they actually, they won your heart creates like a electromagnetic field around it and your field affects other people's fields. Right. And your heart also like has imprints of those emotional experiences. So like they can actually, now I'd have to double check this, but um, you can actually record changes in your heart's like frequency and those nerve, those nerve cells after like traumatic events and stuff. So it's like, I think your heart is like your emotional center um because like when you feel emotions where do you feel them like when you have a gut instinct or like when you feel like a heartache you feel in your heart right and then your brain is almost like the transmitter of that experience so it's like the communicator to be able to conceptualize what you're feeling so it's like I feel this feeling and I feel this experience and then my brain is what even tells me tells Nate the Nate aspect like you are feeling this you know what I mean it's almost like the transmitter of that experience um but yeah no I feel that yeah I didn't know that I didn't know that about the heart I also just thought like um emotions and things like feelings and things like that just all come from the brain um 
because I never know about the new runs on the heart. I got to look that up, actually. So I need yeah. to look that up. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it, it's interesting because, like, because um, there's a, like, in meditation practice, there's, like, essentially, you beca- like, you take note of, like, what you're actually feeling and not what you think you're feeling. So it's, like, if I sit down and close my eyes, I think I, and I think about my body, I'm sitting there and I feel the shape of my body. Right. And I think I feel all of it. And, and like, I can, I have like a visual image when I close my eyes and sit down and meditate of my body. Like we have with our eyes closed, we can still imagine what our body looks like. Right. And it, the only reason we can do that is because we see it all the time and we've created a connection with what we see and then also what we feel. But then when you sit down and start to like, actually take note and pay attention to like what I'm feeling and what sensations I'm feeling, you realize that like, I don't feel my finger. I feel like pressure. And like when my thumb's touching my other thumb, I feel the pressure between them. And then I feel like a coldness above it where the air is, right? Like if you take note of the actual sensations you're feeling, it's much less defined than we feel it or than we experience it usually, because I feel like there's utility to creating that like secure attachment to like our body and like as we move but yeah i don't know that was random but um uh, something else i wanted to ask was and it's interesting because i think this will be a good question and maybe a tough question for you is uh what are three things you love about yourself um three things i love about myself or it um, might be easy but <laughs> no i mean i love um i love the confidence that i grew um mm-hmm. Okay, no, let me take that away. No, okay. Um, I love um, my way of thinking. Um, like, I like the fact that I'm really understanding and open-minded. Um, um, what? Why do you love that? What I love, like, my understanding... Mm-hmm. And, and open-mindedness like why do you appreciate that about yourself i mean because my biggest pet peeve is somebody that's just closed-minded um mainly because since i work with kids like all of my pet peeve because every literally almost every kid i run to is closed-minded um by the way they think um and that definitely goes back to the toxic masculinity that we started on mm-hmm. um but yeah i just like the i just love anybody that's like understanding and open-minded about anything because honestly like who gives a shit of you know, for whatever? Like, there's no point to being closed minded anyway. So, I mean, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> Definitely. What uh, else I love? Yeah. What's else I love about my stuff? I love my sense of style. Um, and that goes from like, as far as like what people wear to how people act or behave. Like, those are boundaries that I set or barriers that I set to whether or not I think somebody like cool or lame. Um, it's not nothing I would like just outright and say, like, I would never tell them that they're lame. I feel like that is the lamest thing ever. Um, it's not that I consider them lame, just not cool, basically. Because hmm. I love the idea of looking cool. Um, I just love the idea. Um, I guess a lot of people, I think, it's just, like, really, really fucking cool. Um, I never, I sh- probably should tell them, honestly, because it'll, it'll probably make them feel well. Hmm. But, um, Tell him right I, now. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, yeah, but my sense of style though. Um, and then what else? What else? What else? Um, 
My lips, I guess. <laughs> you got kissable lips. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They smooth, man. <laughs> you good kisser? No homo? <laughs> am, am I good kisser? Uh, I think so, honestly. I, I give myself that for real. Yeah. I feel like with kissing, because, like, there's, there's some people I've kissed that I'm like, why do you do that? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but then it's like, that I've had friends who've kissed the same person, maybe I'm not, there's not a specific scenario I'm thinking of, but like, but then they're like, I love that. So it's like, I don't even think there's such thing as a good kisser. I feel like right, it's yeah. just like, if you guys vibe on that level, it's like someone might be quote bad at sex. They're bad at sex for you because you don't like what they do. But then for You're someone right. else, that might be like the best, like they might be the best like ever. Um, <laughs> right. like, but I do think there's a, I think it's pretty universal that like, bigger lips are definitely more kissable and, and better but yeah yeah honestly i appreciate that about myself too because i have like decently big lips for for a white person honestly because like some, <laughs> some people like they just ain't got nothing there um it's a fucking tragic but yeah no definitely honestly bro i don't even kiss that much real for i don't really like um put my mouth on many things like i mm-hmm. hate like i don't know it's just a and when i say many things, it just depends because like i'll drink a soda out of a can and like mm-hmm. a cup and stuff like that like that's stuff i'm fine with but like um i don't know when it comes to just like other human beings i don't really like put my mouth on um that much. you know you put it <laughs> No, I do, I do, but that's I'm what I'm saying. Right. It, gotta be, it gotta be specific, though. <laughs> it gotta be specific, though. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Why do you think that? Why don't you? Like, why don't you? I don't like, know. Like, like, I just see a lot of, I just see a lot of people is just like dirty, and I say yeah. like, I'm, I'm not the cleanest guy. Like, I'm definitely not. Like, I'm not clean freaking out like that. So, um, like, I don't mean dirty as a sense. Like, um, like they don't, they, their hygiene is low. It's just like people in general, like gross. <laughs> like humans are dirty. Yeah. Like it's just like dirty people to me. Yeah, facts. I feel that. Um yeah. <laughs> I love kissing, so like I can't say this thing about that, but <laughs> Honestly, no, a lot of people you know, gotta chill on that kissing stuff. But um where did like where <clears throat> you said that earlier you said almost your the way you are vulnerable vulnerable and and stuff now came from a place of suffering um when you were younger would you say the same about like your understanding and open-mindedness like where did that develop was there an experience that kind of opened your like really radically shifted your perspective in a way that was like oh and kind of took yourself outside of yourself um or was it similar of like people being closed-minded and calling you gay because like the way you were and you were like, screw that, I'm going to be open-minded. Like, is there something specific you can identify as like this moment in my life made me become very perspective and stuff? Cause for me, um, going to Tennessee definitely like changed a lot and made me take myself outside myself a lot. Um, because like in high school I was a certain way and like, I just thought I had shit figured out, but like, in high school yeah in high in high school I just like I thought that gay people shouldn't like 
um, be able to adopt kids and like just crazy shit like that. And like in a high school was just like pretty racist, but like not, oh, I hate, I hate black people. But then I came to Tennessee and like in, in high school, there's, there's not many black people in Davis. There's like, it's very diverse, but they're like not many black people and coming to college, um, obviously being on the track team. Like I I remember, dude, there was like very early freshman year before you were there, Ari was there and stuff. And it was in my room and it was like, like six, six teammates. And like, I've, I actually, this is so embarrassing to say, but like, I think it's important. Um, I like felt uncomfortable and I couldn't identify why, like I, it was like, I was talking and I was like, I was uncomfortable with the fact that I was uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Like I could feel myself un- uncomfortable to an extent, but then I didn't want to feel that, you know? So it was like, I feel this way, but I don't want to feel that way. Cause I know it's bad to feel that way. Um, and so coming to, yeah, that's one big thing that I'm very grateful for coming to like going to college at Tennessee and, and just everything is, there was a lot of struggle for me. Actually, it's funny. I'll probably say this story too on a, um, when I have a podcast with Ari, but that's one thing. Sophomore year, I took acid for like the third time and I had a really bad trip, like really bad. And something that was coming up a lot was my past. I thought like, I, I, I was struggling with like past versions of myself and where I currently was. And I texted Ari that day, um, like mid trip. I was like, Ari, I'm not racist. But, and he's like, haha, I know. Like, it was just so weird for him. But like, for me, it was, I think, struggling with coming from a place of just being really fucking ignorant and having a lot of bias. And it took a really long time in college to work out of that. Um, and it's still like, it's still a challenge. Like we, we, we all still have bias and, and it's something that I think we should take an active, like, put effort into changing um but yeah so I, I just started talking and answer my own question but yeah coming to yeah so like for me going to Tennessee was something that really opened up my perspective a lot and not just with that stuff like even with like the south is very different in a lot of ways compared to California not just um racially but just in like culturally and stuff like that so that for me moving to Tennessee was just a huge eye-opening experience and I think created made me much more open and understanding of things. Um, so is there something in your life that you, you can say similar to that? Um, or was it just a slow thing or. No, I will say for the most part, um, college definitely helped me like, um, just move forward with like being like, just, it it just helped me open my mind even more, basically be more open-minded. But, um, what was like the initiation of like my I guess open mindedness was um like it just started at a young age when I just realized how shitty religion was um mm-hmm. like for at a young age like I developed that like it's just how shitty uh, religion was and it made me more open minded to um it it made me think basically um it made me consider more things um aside from what my religion told me. Mm-hmm. um and so um like for the longest like still to this day though i still hold some of like my religious biases whatever like the idea like um we're not supposed to get tattoos like tattoos is a bad thing mm-hmm. even though like I, I want one i don't know it, it's just a religious thing it was like oh. um your temple should always be uh yeah, your body's a temple yeah your body's a temple you should treat mm-hmm. it such and stuff like that so um i've always thought tattoos is bad it's it's not that like even to this day it's not that like i 
bash people for it. Like, I think tattoos are cool as fuck. But it's so hard for me to get one because I'm trying to get finger tattoos. It's so hard for me to get one because I'm still stuck in that, like, religious mindset or whatever. Mm. Um, even though I'm not even religious anymore. But to go back, um, and so, that like, stuff like that just made me realize how shitty religion it was because it just forced me to believe these things rather than giving me the opportunity to, you know, kind of, like, think on my own, quote, unquote. Mm. Um, and so... Um, I then started thinking about other things, which kind of led me to like a really uh, kind of led to like a really shitty life going forward because like I developed this idea that um, that that about afterlife basically that I don't really believe in an afterlife and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and so uh, like thoughts like that just started triggering in my head and. Um, I just got open about things. I was just like, well, shit, this don't even really matter that much. Like, a lot of the stuff that we kind of uh, put meaning into is kind of meaningless. Um, and so whether we consider to do it or not, it doesn't really matter. But if you choose to do good, then whatever. If you choose to do bad, whatever. And so um, going through our middle school and high school, like, I was just taking, like, anything somebody told me, I wasn't taking it as if, okay, this is the truth or um, this is wrong and stuff like that. I was just taking it for what it was. So um, since high school, people were just like, I don't know, I guess enjoyed talking to me because of that openness, mm-hmm. uh, which was good for me. Like um, it was easy for me to be social. Um, but then once I got to college, started like, like you said, like you just start meeting different cultures. Like even though I'm still in the South, uh, still in Alabama, still in the United States, like you got people from China coming over. Um, just well, people just different religions different ethnicities different races like i'm starting to meet all these different people which when growing up i was in a predominantly black um community um probably saw i probably saw about as far as like getting to know that name i probably spoke to about like um five white people before i got to college yeah so um yeah college was eye-opener for me but what initiated was this um religion and moving forward from religion from a young age because at a young age i was calling myself atheist even though i didn't really know what atheism was i was just mm-hmm. calling myself atheist because people told you that uh uh-huh, those who don't believe in god are atheists and so um even though it's not that i didn't believe in god but since mm-hmm. i wasn't religion they just considered me that way no that makes a lot of sense that all yeah that makes a lot of sense because i i was religious like went to church until college um and that was also one of the things that I struggled with a lot was kind of pushing back from religion because it was such like an integral part of my identity growing up um then when I started struggling and being like yeah religion's kind of whack it was like well then who am I if I'm not religious and like how do I yeah how do I what do I make of this experience um yeah why do you so talking about religion like what are what are your biggest reasons for Cause I've, I've shifted a lot. Cause like, like I said, I was really religious then pushed away from religion. And then for a long time, I was like, fuck religion, religion's evil. And then more recently, I actually like very recently have somewhat shifted my opinions on that. Um, I just don't hold as much negative opinions towards religion. Um, first for me, just cause I think there's a, there's a lot of, I think that religion is is useful because it does connect people with spirit spirituality and with God. Um, and 
for a lot of people, they can't find that connection at first without religion. Um, so I do think it's important. Um, but there's a lot of fucked up shit that comes from religion. So what, what are your biggest things of like why you are not the biggest fan of religion? Um, well, I'm personally not the biggest, like for anybody else, like um, I never just tell them I'm not to be religious and stuff like that. Like, it's not like I'm trying to pull people away from religion. Yeah. Um, for myself, I'm not the biggest fan. And um, it's just because of just, um, I guess like society action taken with the excuse of religion, uh, them using the excuse of religion. Um, it's um, the way the way people in each religion kind of like battle one another of like, um, I don't even know how to phrase it. I guess it's like um, who's sinless kind of thing. I don't know, what, whatever, like people just church people um, bash one another for whatever um oh sorry um it's funny because it's like the bible says or christians are like only god can judge you but then it's like why do i feel the most judged when i go to church like right that don't make no sense really no i had to take a pause on the marijuana guy. i mean the, the edible got me tripping <laughs> Is that Ari's? Was, what? This, yeah, this is Ari's hoodie. Um, yeah, this is his. Um, That's his, right. his, what's it called? What do you call it? Bad boy hoodie? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But, Speaking um, of, yeah, what were you going to say? No, no, I was just saying, like, the elbow had me tripping. Like, I was looking at my window. Um, but you know how you can see reflection off of the window, but you can also see, like, through it, basically? Yeah. And so I'm thinking I'm seeing a reflection of my hallway and I thought I saw like somebody walk past through the window oh, because I'm all the way here right now, right now. But I was actually looking um, over at my neighbors and they were just walking on their porch. Oh, and so I had to close my, I had to close my curtains real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's all funny. Um, where's your stop? Like speaking of shout out Syndicate Street where, I'll probably give him a shot. Yeah, so, I'm going to talk to Ari a lot about style probably on our episode, but where does your style come from? And like, at what age did you start getting into style? Cause like so, for me, I, I was going to say for me, like I didn't, I didn't give a shit about what I wore growing up and stuff. And then like in college, it, cause I was just like a dweeb, like looking kid and like um, probably around junior this year or something. Like when I started to glow up a little bit, um, then I started like caring a little more about my style. And then like there's now it's like, I don't think this is even a thing anymore, but like you might be able to like, I would like if metrosexual was still a thing, like I would say that, but like, I think that's a stupid term. Like, it's funny to me that Metro <laughs> was a thing. Um, but yeah. So like, I, I definitely style something I'm definitely getting more into. And like, I like to look nice and like, even in college, like I would go to class looking nice and stuff. Cause like, I'm trying to pull bitches. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. So when did you start getting into style? Like, is that since a kid were you like getting nice, like sneakers and stuff and like whatnot? Or like, was that a later thing like me? No. Yeah. So as a kid, um, like um, I didn't grow up in like the most wealthiest household. Um, household. Um, and so as a kid, like I didn't really have much nice things. Like um, I get one shoe per year. Um 
and stuff. Like, yeah, basically, I get one shoe per year. I didn't pick up my own clothes and stuff like that. So I always got, like, um, insulted for it, like, by the things I wear and stuff like that. Um, and so, I don't know, growing up, um, I always wanted to, I developed this thing of always wanting to, like, impress people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every time that one year I get a pair of shoes, I make sure it's the best-looking shoe that I can find, like, the coolest-looking mm-hmm. shoe I can find that ain't nobody else got. And I always get compliments for it and that made me feel good. Um, and I, I think from then on, like um, moving forward, like I just always wanted to people with my appearance. Um, and so like still throughout high school, I couldn't really buy my own clothes, but every time I started, I started first my mom let me pick my own clothes, right? So I can pick up, pick up my own clothes that good and people compliment me. Uh, that's always been my thing basically. And so once I got to college, and now I'm starting to get my own money in my pocket because of refund checks and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I just start balling out. And so <laughs> I, would, I would start purchasing like these, like, I, like my, I, I, this is when I start purchasing shoes and clothes. And I started getting into more expensive things, the more money, you know, you want your money go up. Um, now you start looking at more expensive things. And so that's when I started buying like designer and all this other stuff. But um as far as style like when i started just um wanted to look i guess when i started when i developed my style just at a young age is um i always wanted to impress people by my appearance mm-hmm. um because i don't know i guess it feels good to get a compliment like i love when people compliment me and it's not that i need words or aff- affirmation or whatever i just like the fact that like what i'm wearing caught people's attention yeah like that like that idea is cool to me yeah, no fact. I mean, you were always drippy as hell when we had team meetings and stuff. So you definitely got <laughs> me. It. It's, it's funny you say that because this sweater I'm wearing right now was my sister's and she gave it to me. I was like, I don't really want it. And then she's like, no, it'll look good. Like, just trust me, just wear it. So then I was like, fuck it. So then literally the first day I wore it, like five girls were like, dude, I love your sweater. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm wearing this all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> But um, it's funny, too, with style, because something this is going to be funny. And like this is because like growing up, I always wanted earrings, but like I never got them because I thought my dad would think it's gay. My dad was not the type. My dad's not the type to be like chastise me for doing anything like right. Like it's, it's weird. It's It's interesting because it's so ingrained in our society. Even someone like me, whose dad is very supportive um, of my choices. I mean, he, he wasn't a, he wasn't a big fan of when I got earrings, but like, he would never be like that stupid. Like, he's just like, you do you, but him personally, he's like, not a fan. Right. Um, but I always wanted earrings. So then I got my earrings, um, those like black studs I got, and then those like phased out. And then I got my rook, um, and then I got my nose pierced and then took my rook out. But then something I've been like messing around with, uh, lately, partly because I want to like, one, because I don't give a fuck. Two, because I look pretty as fuck when I wear it. Like, I look good. Um, and three, because I want to just, like, make some people uncomfortable. But, like, I've been rocking with makeup sometimes now when I go out. Like, I'll mm-hmm. put my sister give me foundation a while ago. And I was like, fuck no, that's gay. Like, I'm not wearing foundation. <laughs> she puts it on me before I go out one night. And, like, a lot of girls were like, your skin looks really good. And it, it wasn't because they could tell I had makeup on. My skin just looked good. It made my skin look good. I was like, okay. So, like, for a while, like, two years, I've been rocking with foundation. So, like, just when I go out, right? And then one time, like, I went out. I got, I put eyeliner on one time, like, just a little bit of eyeliner. 
And again, just a lot of compliments. And like the other weekend, the other weekend went out and, and just noticed that tension from girls was much higher when I had eyeliner. Cause like, yeah. I don't know. I think part of it is cause it jet, like, I, I feel like I'm hot with it. Like it looks good. Right. And then I think part of it too is like, Oh, this guy like is wearing makeup. And then it's like kind of confusing of like, is he straight? Is it like, what's, what's going on with that? So then it just gives right. some level of interest and it's like something different of like, I don't see most men like that. There must be something different about him that like, allows him to do that right but then like the other weekend i was out in sacramento and it was like i was feeling myself like i felt really good about myself looking and stuff and like i had i had a good bit of eyeliner not like a ton it's literally like it's hard to tell from afar like you can't really tell unless you're like looking because i don't really like i don't i don't like i'm not like cross-dressing you know like a like like doing drag you know but um right i was at this bar and this straight dude was like sitting next to me and not like a straight dude like me or you who would be like very open to being like hey man you look really good you know like he seemed like a burly husky type of guy he was in his 30s type of thing and he was like he i uh, sat down because my friends were in front and stuff and he was like um he's like it was almost it was almost like he was confused and like shocked that he was even like saying this to me he was like hey man like i don't really do this he's like i'm and like i'm straight and stuff but like and I'm, I don't usually say this, but like, you're really attractive. And I was like, thank you. And I was like, yeah. I know it's the eyeliner. Like, there's no way it's not the eyeliner. Like, like, I just knew it. So I was like, that's something that I've been rocking with lately. And like, I, I don't think there's much more room to go in terms of ex, ex, experimenting with more than eyeliner. Like, I'm not about to pull up with fucking lipstick and shit. But it's just interesting because like, even me, I like, like I woke up one day, I woke up and had work the next day and I still had eyeliner. I'm like, fuck, I got, like, I'm not going to work with eyeliner. On you. So it's like, even for me, someone who like does stuff like that and like, doesn't give a fuck. And is like, I'm going to break down like masculinity roles or gender roles type stuff. I still am like, I don't want to, I don't wear eyeliner to like my family parties. You know what I mean? Like right. even I, one time I went to my friend's engagement party and I like wore a necklace and like, it was it was fun for me because I like I liked it I liked the way I look but then there were a bunch of adults there and I was like I still was uncomfortable and like scared and anxious to like show up to my friends and see his friends parents and have a necklace on you know what I mean um mm. I still rock that shit though but um right <laughs> but yeah I don't know it's just funny it's just funny that like I can I I know girls think I'm attractive with makeup on most I mean some of them might be like you're gay as hell like I ain't like messing with you but it's funny that like among men it's like we don't do certain things even if like like we're all about like pulling women and like getting girls right but even if there's something that like will allow us to get women if men judge us for it like we still don't do it you know what I mean like even being emotional it's like girls like when men open up and are emotional but then it's like among each other, we can't do that a lot of times. And, and it's like a struggle it, or or it's a struggle when it's in a bigger group of men. Like even even on our team, it's like one on one. I'll have conversations with men on our team and it's like they open up a lot. The, but then we get in a group and it becomes very surface level. And it's like, you know, clowning right. each other and just like not it's not the same level of realness as we have. And it's I mean, girls do that, too. I'm sure like um, it's not just men. But yeah, it's just interesting how how we allow like 
certain things to dictate what we do, even if there's a positive outcome like pulling. But then if it's gay, then like we won't do it, even if the even if. Right. Gay, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess because we added like this, like everybody added this connotation of painting this picture of like what's gay when mm-hmm. just gay is just a sexual identity like it's yeah. something that you that you are right like i have to claim it in order for it to, for, for me to be gay like um and so we put like this negative connotation of everything that's like feminine as gay and so um that, I, that's why i feel like a lot of men have a hard time doing a lot of this stuff um and so because like wearing makeup is not it's not like that's not a woman thing is but it's seen as feminine Cause I mean, if you move, if you are um, like if you go on any kind of national TV set, like they put makeup on you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because they have to for the camera. So I mean, yeah. obviously, it's different roles of why people wear makeup. I mean, of course, it's a beauty enhancement, but sometimes it also just improves, like improves the visual performance of the camera. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I don't know, like. I ain't saying like I will wear makeup, but I, it's not that I'll just be like, oh no, nah, that's gay to wear makeup. Um, I never even honestly even thought about just wearing makeup. Uh, I guess I never. Yeah, I was just trying to repeat the same thing. Yeah, I just never really even thought about wearing makeup. But it's like I I get it though because I mean people. I mean it's just like a an addition. It's just like wearing earrings and stuff like that. Like a, a female pulling earrings, male pulling earrings. Um, like I know people who get the like males that get the eyebrows done. Like and that's something I I have been considering getting my eyebrows done, yeah. uh, because I I really like the look of my eyebrows, <laughs> so uh, I was thinking about just getting it touched up. Not, yeah. not that it changed or anything like that, but it's just because I get this like unibrow mm-hmm. um, kind of patches or whatever. And so I don't know. I thought about getting my eyebrows done, brother. I never did. Yeah, though. the only reason I don't is because I can't take the pain of like them plucking it. Like I'll have. I'd yeah. ask my sister to do it, and like two hairs in, I'm like, bro, fuck it, it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't doing this bullshit. But yeah, that's another thing is like, for how long was it? Like, how many? Like now, guys to have like piercings or like earrings and stuff like that, like it's totally cool. Yeah, like it's totally cool now. But it wasn't for a long time. Like for a long time, that would have been considered gay. And it's like now, it's like well only women wear makeup and i'm like fuck that let's start wearing makeup because like right. look pretty with makeup and then it's like i wonder i wonder if in 50 years like our kids generation or whatever it'll be like pretty normal for guys to wear wear makeup and like i do feel like in society we're seeing like i do think for like gender roles and like gender in general i think gender like gender is like gender is not a real thing like we just that's another thing we make like we create um like yeah there's obviously a difference between me having a penis and like having a vagina um but in terms of what that means for my life it's pretty insignificant besides I can piss standing up and point where I want to go and like when I have sex I put it in instead of take it in you know what I mean um in terms of like who I am and how I express myself like I get to choose what I make my like expression right um so I do think like society moving forward, we're starting to, de- I think we're starting to deconstruct a lot of things societally. Um, but I do think gender is one thing that is slowly merging um, into a more true 
expression of of humans and 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 whatnot that's outside of gender um obviously we're not going to see that like in the next 50 to 60 years. we'll see the transition but i don't think by the time we die there we're going to live in a genderless society where it's like it has no significance um but yeah i'll be curious if people start guys start wearing makeup more because like it honestly is the move like low-key I mean, I don't know. My thing is like my biggest reason why like um I had my huge involvement of social justice. Well, not my biggest reason, but like with my involvement in social justice, my question is like just like so what? Like so what if a guy wears makeup or if a guy wears like press on nails and stuff like that? Like um or if a guy wear like a crop top? Like so what? Like if that person never considered themselves gay, like why is that bothering? Why does it even bother you to even want to know whether or not that person is gay? Like, yeah, what, facts. what are you getting out of it? <laughs> like, people always just, um, well, not people, but like, um, just like these toxic masculine males, um, just always see like this act of whatever they consider to be gay, um, like as if it's just going to be like this predatorial kind of action that comes that's following out there that mm-hmm. you have to get away from. Like, if you see a guy put on lipstick, like he's just gonna attack you out of that. Like, what is the point of you? Um, I, I don't know. Like, why does that curiosity grow there for somebody who um, doesn't agree with it to even mm-hmm. wonder, you know, their sexuality or whatever the case may be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody who is secure in themselves and their sexuality, um, I think, would have negative opinions towards another man who is expressing themselves slightly differently. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you, and even me, like, not so much anymore, but before I would get uncomfortable if there was like a very expressive guy who was like clearly just like, like you said, crop top type stuff. Um, I'd be uncomfortable. And then it was like, I realized maybe I'm not as secure in my sexuality as I thought I was. Right. And it's like, if you're, if it, if you're calling things gay going around throwing around like oh that's gay or like you're like i don't want to when when guys say stupid shit like oh i don't care if you're gay just don't be gay to me like what like bro (laughs) like they just think that like um like i've never had i've had i've honestly had a lot like i've had way more women be very predatory towards me than men like by a lot and any men have always been very consent like they're like hey i really think you're attractive and then ask if i'm straight and or not and i'm like yeah i'm straight and they're like okay totally cool i just think you're cute or whatever and then they like walk away and it's cool and it's like i've heard way more women just like like low-key high-key assault me than than men but then it's like guys are always like it's fine if you're gay just don't be gay to me and like you try and kiss me i'm gonna beat your ass like right it doesn't happen like i'm sure it happens (laughs) sometimes but it's like if someone's gonna like non-consentfully like touch you and stuff like yeah and they deserve to fucking get punished or like whatever but like it's just weird it's just weird it's just weird that like guys a lot of guys just think that gay guys or or vice versa like are just somehow like predators all the time it's like right. that's just not the case dude like far more straight men are predators than gay men I, i'm not gonna say that because i don't know the numbers but i would not be shocked if there's a much higher percentage of straight men who are predatory than, than not straight men. No, it is. Um, no, this, 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 this is right. Um, it's, um, it's more straight men are predatory than men mm. that claim 
it's more men that claim that they are straight to be predatory than it is men that claim to be gay that are predatory. Hmm. Um, or predator, yeah. whatever the word is. Yeah. But yeah, like, um, I don't know. It can be like 20 females in a room and one gay guy, and they'll be like, yeah, don't be gay towards me. Like, these 20 <laughs> other females not in here being heterosexual towards you. So mm-hmm. why would I? Like, why would I be homosexual towards you? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, and the like, dude probably ain't even attracted to you anyway. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's another thing. Like, <laughs> he don't even want you, fool. You ugly as hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you assume that that person just likes you? Like, yeah, it's like as if every gay guy, like every gay guy, just wants to fuck any and any guy. It's the same. Like, I don't want right. to go hook up with any girl. Right? There's a very specific, not very specific, but like, there's I'm attracted to certain women, right? Right. It's the same. Like people just think like guys just think that it's all of a sudden like every like gay guys are just want to fuck any guys. Like, no, like it's we're just right. like it's the same thing. It's just one is penis and one's vagina. Like it's not right. like it's just so ignorant. And like it's honestly just like sad. Like it's genuinely sad because not only is it sad because gay men are ostracized and ostracized and like treated differently but it's sad for the men who are like you're missing out on a lot of connections because of your ignorance right. like you're missing out on a lot of experience and like learning and like and just being cool with really cool people like you're you're basically cutting out a large section of society to being open to like connect with them right um right. so it's just like sad on both fronts because like people are hurt and you're just limiting yourself to like what you can experience right. I mean, yeah, and I mean, it's just, it's very harmful, too, just because a lot of these, um, like, a lot of men will grow up, um, at least one from, a lot of men will grow up and just be so frustrated all the time, but mainly because they got to keep their um, sexual identity so um, secret, and then it comes to a point where a lot of them also just completely ignore it and just, um, you know, kind of, quote-unquote, force themselves to be, like, straight for mm-hmm. a, a lot of, a point, uh, an entire point of their lives. Like, um, well, I, I'm not going to say any any specifics, but, you know, you just, you just have those those things where, like, people just are so afraid to share their identity or be who they um, are because, like, everybody just always ostracizes them. Mm. They, they don't even give them opportunity to be themselves. Mm. Facts. Facts. Yeah, dude. I am... Um... This shit, like, starting out this podcast, it was a lot harder. I was hella nervous. I don't know why I get nervous. Like, it's almost like I feel like I have to, um, I don't know. It's it's just cool to see throughout the podcast. Like, I've definitely gotten more comfortable to, like, I don't know. I think I think it's been good convo. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Very good. I do want to do it over, though, because... Um, Bro, you, <laughs> like, like, you keep saying you're stoned like, stuff, but, like... <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I didn't answer none of your questions though. Like I feel like I just drug it to uh, like whatever conversation that uh, was at the top of my mind. So <laughs> no, but that's what I want. Like when I ask questions, like I'm not, I have my own answers and opinions on my questions. So right. like when I asked you, when I was asking you questions, like I had my own thoughts. Like it's not like I was, yeah, yeah. I I really just wanted to see where you went with them. So like it was perfect. Like it was perfect for me. Like. Yeah, I mean, we can do another one. We can have. I'm gonna post both of them. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was up. Yeah, but no, thanks for, thanks for doing this. That was fun. No problem. Like, man, sure. You have any? You want to? I mean, we can keep going if you want. Like, if you have other stuff to talk about. Uh, do I have a so? Let's see. I have a lot of stuff that I write. Yeah. That, that I never get the opportunity to talk about. Dude, go for it. 
Okay, maybe not. A lot of this stuff is depressing. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about that too. Oh, okay. Something I did want to talk about, right? So um, it was a thought that came in my head that I wrote down too. I said, I sleep a lot. And that, that rests me physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, like I remain exhausted. And mm-hmm. not like a post-workout exhausted, but um, well, I said a given up one. Um, because like, like I sleep a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because I, I be feeling exhausted. Mm-hmm. But no matter how much sleep I get, like I realize like, like I still just like feel exhausted. And it's not mm-hmm. because like I'm physically exhausted, but just like, just everything else about my being is just also like my mental, my physical, I mean, my mental, my emotions, my spiritual and stuff like that. Mm. And so like, like ideally I, I'm trying to understand how to like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like rest myself. Mm. Um, like, because it's not like at this point I can detach myself from w- with the situation I'm dealing with. At least not in a, a sound way, at least the one that would be reasonable for, for my life moving forward. And so, um, like, I don't know, that thought of just sleep just being rest for your physical being, but not, like, every other part of you. It was just, mm-hmm. like, something that caught my attention. No, I really like that. That's, like, yeah, that's a really good point, because, like, when I'm, de- like, when I'm, de- a lot of people, when they're depressed, sleep a ton, and it doesn't do shit, like you said. Right. Um, and then it's like, well, how do I, yeah, how do I rest? And I wonder if it's like, I don't know if, like, I feel like physically we need rest in the form of sleep and stopping. It's like absence of activity, right? right. But then it's like when we're emotionally and, and spiritually drained and exhausted, you think we need a rest, but maybe it's not something, maybe the absence of something is what's causing us to be exhausted. So it's like, um, yeah, I wonder if it's, yeah, like, what are you doing things? Like, can you, like, in a given, like, what are you currently doing, if anything, to kind of feed that, I guess? Because I, yeah, I guess Um, to, to explain that more, I like, I think we can, there are times when we can be exhausted because we've been doing so much. So, like, emotionally, we've been, giving 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 to a lot of people so we're drained right um but i feel like uh, on an individual like personal level in our own life like i think when we're spiritually or emotionally exhausted it's because we need to do more for ourselves um and start to add things to start giving us life um so like, do you do anything currently uh, like journaling, meditating, exercise, sports, you play basketball or shit like that, or like yeah. you do nothing. Cause I don't do like currently I'm not doing shit right now either. So. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I do is journal. Like I don't do a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I, I try to convince myself to, I never, I don't know. Like once I get off work, like I said, I just go to bed, just mm-hmm. take a nap, mm-hmm. wake up, prepare for the next day and then move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be kind of hard to like uh, convince yourself, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like, um, people try to invite you out um, and different things like that. And like, a lot of people that I'm around, right, like around right now, is like really understanding. And so, like, um, 
when I like deny the invitation and things like that, like um, like it, it feels really good that they don't take it personal because like um, they just know I'm not in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, like they don't know I'm depressed, but okay, let me rephrase. They don't know I'm depressed or anything like that. They just don't take it personal because they're open minded. You know, they understand that like people have things to do. If people want to like um, if people don't want to sell invitations, like that's fine or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, so like that's refreshing, but. Like, I get all these invites out to places, and it's like, I don't know, like, I would want to go, but, like, I don't know. I'm just so exhausted that, like, I just can't convince myself to, like, move towards that way or move in that way to get to whatever I got to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been writing a grad paper for um, the grad, my graduate program for, like, three months now. I just finished it yesterday. And it was only the second draft, but I just submitted it because I was just so ready for that task to move on. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of what happened, I was just so ready for that task to move on because it's just, it's just, it's so exhausting the fact that I know I have this task, but I cannot convince myself to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever do, you ever fuck with like breath work at all? And not even meditation, but like, like um, conscious breath, like you heard of like Wim Hof breathing? Uh, I remember you talking about it once. Of course, uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> People but, listening uh, that know me are gonna be like, "Oh, here he goes again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you talking about that once, but um, nah, I don't know much about it. Like, I never really partake in it. Because mm. sometimes when I'm like, want to get high, honestly, but like, obviously, being in recovery, like, I don't really have the luxury of. Um, doing things I used to do to fucking escape. Um, I'll just set a timer and, and do. It's called a uh, breath of fire. It's like mm-hmm. a, a kundalini type yoga type thing. It's super easy because there's other breath work I like. Um, it's just a lot harder. Like it actually takes a lot of effort to like maintain and continue. But this one's like mm-hmm. nasal breaths, like like very fast, and you do it for a long period, and then you take a big breath in. And you get like high, like it, it. It's like a trip, like, and you keep doing it. And there's times where I like completely lose. I'm like out there, like I. It's similar. I don't know if you've done psychedelics, but it's similar to the extent that like I kind of lose sense of where I'm at and who I am, and it's like very buzzy and stuff. And then like I slowly come back in, and then go back in the breath work. Um, that's something that's like just kind of fun. Like if you're if you're just like I'm tired of being depressed and sitting here, like well, that at least you can be depressed and like kind of high. I mean, obviously you can, yeah. and stuff, but that's something that I'll send you some videos of stuff to try, but um, also another one I would highly suggest. And again, people are going to people, I mean, honestly, most people that know me might not listen to this podcast at all. It's like my podcast in general. Cause I, you know me, like I talk a lot. So people aren't going to come like yeah. seek me out to talk, like hear me talk, but um, there's an app that really helped me with like meditate, like meditating. Cause have you ever tried meditating or done anything like that? Yeah, I tried it. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard for me and my attention span not that long. So yeah, that's set myself a lot. Yeah, that's my biggest. Like for a long time, I tried meditating and like would do guided meditations, and I just didn't know how to do it. And like I didn't know. I I seeked out meditations to like have an experience, you know, because I'm obviously like very. I just seek out experiences. Um, but it wasn't until this app I found that really like trained how to do it. And it was very, there's a course um, and I'll send you the app and it's, you have to pay, but you can, I can send you a month for free. And then also if you can't afford it, 
because it's pretty extensive. You can email the people. Um, it's called Waking Up it's by Sam Harris. He's really good. But um, you can email them and be like, hey, I can't afford it, but I really like it. And they'll give you a free like a whole year for free. And it's like really quality. But it's there's a 30 day course that like after 10 days of doing it, it shifted my experience in a way that I was like, whoa. And then I kept doing it. And it's the first, like with meditation, it's like the most important, like people always say, yeah, I, I try to meditate. And like, I just don't have the attention span or like, I can't do it. But like, that's the whole point of meditation is like humans don't have a tendency. Like that's, it, it helps you break the cycle of thinking and being like absorbed in your thoughts and being absorbed in like your human experience um, in a way that isn't going to cure like depression or like cure anything, but it's definitely can alleviate a lot of suffering. I feel like, um, and get you to be in a better, in a better space to then start adding more things. So like right now it might be really hard to like do things for that are good for yourself spiritually or like emotionally, um, with meditation after a bit, it might start to become a lot easier to, you know, go do, go, go to that party or like go out and, go play sports or like it, it'll become easier to start doing things and then it just rolls you know what I mean so um I'll send you the app but it's literally like eight to ten minutes a day and it's like okay. if, like I like promise me Quan like do you do the 30-day course by the end of the 30 days if you do it every day for 30 days by the end of it if you come back to me and say nothing I don't feel any change then fuck it and don't meditate you're not it's just not your thing but just like, if you could do that for me, like, I think it would be very impactful. Um, and it's not, um, you're not going to not be depressed in 30 days. Um, but like right. I said, I think it'll make, I think it'll make it a lot easier for you to start to do other things that will allow you to start to experience um, less suffering, I guess. Um, I'll send you, yeah, after the podcast, I'll send you the app, but it's, it's, it's really profound. And like this meta for me too, I've, I haven't meditated in a while. I do, I've been doing a lot more breath work recently, but it's something that like back to that, my question of like um, when you're in those cycles of like when you've been, when I've been on it and I've been feeling great, what was I doing? And then when I've been feeling shitty, what was I not doing or doing every single time it's when I'm doing great, I was consistently meditating and like in a, in a constant consistent practice. So like, it's something I harp on a lot that a lot of people probably get annoyed by me on. Um, but there's a reason for it. And like, I think, I think you would fuck with that a lot and it would help a lot. So. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a try then. Um, yeah. You, yeah, okay. So you're going to send it to me. Yeah. I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. It's literally like dude, the first, there's a, there's some 12 minute sessions, but it's literally eight to 12 minutes. And the easiest thing for me and the bet, like I like doing it every morning because it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. Okay, um, yeah. You, but as long as it's consistent, dude. Like as long as it's like every morning or every night, just set a time. Like if are you a morning person? Like is do you have a hard time waking up? Yeah, I got a hard time waking up. Yeah, then if it's not like if it's if it's too hard for you to do in the morning, just fucking literally do it before bed every night. Like just try yeah. it then. Um, and I'm telling you, just like stick with it for at least 10 days straight. Um, because that's right around when you start to, you won't notice changes and it's really hard at first. Um, but stick with it for at least 10 days. And I'm telling you, if you can just waste 10 minutes a day for 30 days straight, which I mean, think about how much time you waste. Like I waste hours on TikTok. 
I waste hours right. on TikTok, right? So it's like, can I really, can I really not make time to do that? And for something that could be so potentially beneficial for my life, like I can make time for that, right? So right. yeah, I would, I'll send you the app and just like, I mean, start, set a day, just set a day when you're going to start. It doesn't have to be tomorrow, but even if it's January 1st type shit, like just set a day, you're going to start, start it and just like be consistent with it and then come back to me and like, let me know how it goes. Cause like, yeah, I think it'd be really good. For sure. Definitely. I'm, I'm going to give it a try then. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. It, it is. It is one more thing that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it was the fact that, um, you know, I just started doing drugs. Um, I haven't smoked before. I still haven't smoked before, but uh, I just started doing edibles. Um, mm. And so... Uh, Wait, so you still haven't smoked? It's just edibles? Yeah, it's just edibles. Um, this year. So like, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and so every time I'm high, it's because I take a piece of edible. Because mm. um, I have this big-ass brownie in my fridge that's like, um, that has like 14 grams of weed in it. Mm-hmm. And um, so... What I wanted to talk about was like being high. Like I see why people enjoy it so much. Like I said, this is my friendship being high. And so like that experience, it's like so cool because it doesn't, it didn't matter what was going on, what had happened before, what was gonna happen next, uh, what's happening in that moment. Like it didn't matter. Like I just literally was just appreciating like not well not appreciate that's a bad that's a bad word like i just felt so fucking good like mm-hmm. and that shit was just so cool to me but like i also see why like a lot of people can get like quote unquote like addicted to it because mm-hmm. like it just it just erases everything like everything that's considered bad is just erased from your thoughts and <laughs> so mm-hmm. um like you're just able to enjoy so much like i was literally just sitting in my room uh, playing the same game that I play every day, but I was enjoying it like 10,000 more. Mm-hmm. And like, I just appreciate that shit so much. And so it's like, I should have probably been doing drugs. Not saying like been doing it so I could be addicted to it or whatever, but it's like been doing it so like I can enjoy just being able to enjoy shit. Because for a long time, like I just did not, um, I don't know, I did ostracize like weed and stuff like that. Like I thought it was like a bad thing. Um, to like smoking and stuff like that for a very long time. Um, but I mean, I personally want to smoke again because I don't really like putting my mouth um, yeah. on things. Um, and of course, mm-hmm. like humans smoke weed. So yeah. I don't know if I smoke by myself, maybe, but probably not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Getting high is definitely like one of the most amazing feelings I've ever felt in my life. Mm-hmm. You should do Molly. <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm really thinking about this because I really want to try LSD mm, well okay you should do shrooms instead of Matt, okay I'll say this personally like I did a lot of like I did a lot of acid first before I ever did shrooms and mm. then I did shrooms and I was like why did I ever fuck with acid like yeah and, and it's, it's it's different and here's the thing one with acid is like it's really easy to do way too much um, right because it's a tiny piece of paper and you can actually only take away too much. Like I said, my third time ever doing it, it was bad. I took like 440 mix, which is, I know you don't know what that means, but like it's a stupid amount um, at a time in sophomore year of college when I was like not emotionally ready to fucking be that far out there. Um, but yeah, sure. A few reasons. One for me personally, like 
I like or, organic natural things more anyway. So it's like right. God has given us so many medicines on on earth, including say psychedelics. And so why choose one that also, by the way, like this is not medical advice. Like take this all with a grain of salt. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but why would I just would rather not take something that's like chemically altered Um and it's not, it's, it's chemically synthesized. So it is, it is a naturally occurring, it's it, LSD is from ergot. It's like a rye fungus. So it is naturally occurring, but to actually get it to a form that we can take and trip, um, it goes through a lab. And for me, spiritually, I feel like even if we can't identify, like this is any different, the experience itself tells me that there's some level of disconnect from realness that, that it, goes on whereas shrooms it's like one of my one of my roommates that you know um i always i'm not gonna say his name but described like lsd as an electric guitar and and shrooms as an acoustic guitar and i'm sure it's a common like description because it just feels more organic and flowy and in my experience has been far more productive so lsd like i'm not gonna say never i'm not gonna i'm not like up and with drugs, it's like, for me, it's like, for me personally, like sobriety, I'm not going to, I don't want to necessarily talk necessarily about like where I'm at currently. Cause like, I still, I will say like, I, I drink sometimes and stuff, but um, I do for me personally, like drugs were useful and I'm not saying I'll never use them again, or I don't use them at all. Um, but I will say I, in my experience, I feel, I feel happier when I'm sober. Um, but at the same time, like there are people that drugs do a lot for. Um, so I don't want to be like a proponent of drugs or like anti-drugs, right? Like, um, just cause I went to rehab doesn't mean I'm going to like sit here and say everyone should be sober, even that I should be sober all the time or that I am sober all the time. Right. Um, so I don't want the people to take this as like, a, oh, Nate hates acid. Like, don't do acid. But like, I do think that like acid is fun and like it's fun to take acid. Um, and I think acid can and, and is very productive for a lot of people. And maybe it's not for a lot like me. It had a lot of bad experiences. But in my experience, rooms were far more productive um, in terms of like spiritual and emotional growth and understanding and insight. Um and it just makes sense to me because it is the way God intended for it to be consumed. Right. Like it just popped up. Um, also with acid, it's, it's something ridiculous. Like when I, I think I'm sure I'm not, I am incriminating myself, but like, um, I got acid on the dark web. So like, and the, where I got it, like I knew it was good, not good, but like it was pure acid, um, on the street. It's something ridiculous. Like 75% of, acid tabs are not LSD. And so that's really scary to me because when you're taking acid, it's like, I'm probably not taking acid. Um, the one time I took acid from someone else and not from me sourcing it, um, I felt different on it. And I was like, this is a research chemical, but, um, whereas shrooms, it's like not many people growing shrooms are going to lace it with something unless you're just evil. Like people that grow shrooms aren't the type of people to just like throw hella fentanyl in it, you know, unless you're like genuinely evil. So it, it feels a little more like obviously doing drugs is dangerous and has to be like take precautions, but like, um, it's also safer to me. I feel like if you're getting it to see like, yeah, this is obviously a mushroom. Um, and off air, I'll tell you some other things. So 
do, but um, yeah, shrooms might be fun. And, and yeah, I don't, yeah. Um, and Molly, I would say do Molly in, if you can in like a clinical setting. Honestly, any of these would be ideal to sure. do in a clinical setting, but sadly, like our society doesn't really allow for that um, widespread and which is fucking stupid because it's like now people like you who want to seek these things out for like spiritual growth or and like emotional like help might not be able to because I don't I'll have to look up Alabama and stuff because there's like ketamine therapy and MDMA therapy I don't know if it's allowed in Alabama but it's like now people that like healthy consenting adults who want to do something are not able to so then they have to outsource to like the streets and like illegal stuff and that's just dangerous like it's just fucking sad dude um but yeah md i wouldn't do i mean i would do if you if you have an mdma test and you can test that the mdma is pure then like i would suggest that again not medical advice i would suggest that because that's really good for depression um if there's like even if you can find clinical studies that you can become a part of that are researching psychedelics i think actually in alabama uab are you by Mm -hmm. UAB? I think they're one of the, um, um, I'll have to check, but I think they're one of the universities in America that are allowed to research psychedelics. So like that might not be a bad idea to kind of look into seeing if you can volunteer for a study. Um, because that'd be dope because that's like, not only are you like contributing to research, but you're also getting something out of it and, and, um, I'll do, I'll do some, detective work after this to find (laughs) out what options you might have but yeah um yeah i think drugs are very interesting because i was thinking today because i was i had a conversation last night with my youth pastor um or no i did have a conversation with him i had a convo with my dad too just about like shrooms and stuff and 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 then i was thinking in the bible and like religion and stuff and then i was thinking like so the Bible, like the Bible is like your body's a temple, right? So then like in our current society, shrooms are like a drug mm-hmm. and it's like drugs are bad. So don't use that. on, Don't do drugs because your body's a temple, right? Well, it's like, then you drink coffee. Coffee's a drug. You take ibuprofen. Ibuprofen's a drug. Our whole body is drugs, like in chemicals, right? What is a drug? A drug is, we say, we don't say I'm doing drugs when I drink coffee, right? We don't even say I'm doing drugs when I drink alcohol and alcohol is one of the deadliest worst drugs for you. Right. And then shrooms, something that you can't overdose on, like you can't die from overdosing on shrooms. You can easily kill yourself on shrooms. So don't say that, like, I'm not going to say, Oh, you can't die on shrooms because you've been a lot of people kill themselves. Right. Um, but it's, it's a quote unquote drug that, Christians don't do, or like people don't do because it's a drug and drugs are bad. It was like, it's only a drug because our current society has labeled it as a drug, right? You go to South America, ayahuasca is not a like drug that's like integrated in the society in a way that's like commonplace, right? They give babies like a shot of ayahuasca when they're a baby, right? So it's like, what is a drug or what's not a drug is created by our society. And so it's like, oh, drugs are bad. Don't do them. It's like, yeah, meth is horrible for you. Don't ever do meth. Like I would never like tell someone to do meth right but when there are things that are plants and that grow like naturally on this planet just because our society has called it a drug doesn't mean it's like a bad thing um 
So yeah, sorry. I you brought up drugs like you opened a big nah, nah, arms nah. for me on that I, one. But nah, I do want to apologize. I feel like it was kind of inconsiderate to bring up drugs. Oh, dude, um, no, not at all. No, not at all. no, not at all. It's funny you say that because like I always I love like I obviously love drugs. So like right, yeah. um, and I love talking about drugs. Um because I'm a huge fan of drugs, obviously. Um, but no, I appreciate you saying that, but yeah, not at like it's nice for me to talk about it because then I can talk about it and not like go do them. You know what I mean? So, um, right, yeah. someone in Knoxville like brought up a drug that I don't want to say like what it was and like what I went to rehab for, but, um, brought up that drug up and then, uh, and then remembered and was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, dog, like I'm telling you, it's like, it's yeah. okay, but it is nice. It's nice. Um, when people do that, cause obviously they're being very considerate to even like, mm. um, to even like think about that but genuinely like it's i love talking about drugs it's like one of the, my favorite topics so like yeah yeah um yeah but so, um, yeah, if you, and i know like obviously i'm very well versed and experienced in them so like if you ever want to talk about drugs like i'm always open to talk to you about drugs so for sure for sure yeah. i would i would keep the conversation going but i really have to pee like Dude, really, i have to piss too all right that is good talking to you know nate man yeah, I love you, bro. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Love you too, man. No problem, for sure. We definitely gotta do another one because uh I feel like my responses was just a little bit off. No, dude, <laughs> it's funny. Because... That's the we talking to you, bro. That's the we talking to you. Because like <laughs> I was gonna tell you, like, I'm surprised you're this high and still this like coherent and like giving this quality of of discussion. So, like, no, it's that you're just yeah, and that's the weed. <laughs> but all right, man. All right, peace. I love you though, man. Talk to you later. Yeah, peace.